We've got a rink stories first, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to head down to the bog in Kingston, Mass. We have Bob down there with his son, who we will not name, going back to the Mass hockey after the hysteria. Bob, what's it looking like down there? Well, Matt, we are down at the bog in Kingston, Mass. It is sunny and 74 degrees. I just finished a 90-minute drive down here right in the middle of the day. So being down here is great, but it's a little bit of a mixed blessing. So there's some new rules. I read stuff. You sent me the the uh, the, the email that you got. What did you get the email? Like moments before you got to get in the car and drive in an hour and a half? It was like the day before with like new rules and stuff. The QR code at check-in. Tell us all about that. Yeah, so when you walk uh, up to near the entrance, outside of the entrance, they have a setup with a QR code and you're gonna fill out contact tracing information for both the parent and the player. And then once we get inside of here, they say that the kids are gonna have to wear masks uh, the entire time that they're inside the building, including when they're playing, including when they're getting dressed, when they're on the bench and so forth. Wall-to-wall -wall masks. They've also reintroduced body checking for the older kids. So phantom and above, there will be body checking. I'm trying to think about what else. Oh, and there will be two parents allowed in. Okay, I got some questions. Oh, before we get too far, I got some questions. Masks. I'm a pretty big guy. I walk a long distance and I get huffy puffy in my mask. It gets warm and hot in there and it sucks and I want to take it off. How the hell are you going to be skating around the ice with your mask and feeling like you're not suffocating? That's one of the things we're going to find out. There were definitely a lot of people crabbing on uh, social media about being able to breathe, being able to see. You know, I guess, if, you know, if you have the mask up over your nose and you, you peer down, can you actually see the puck and so yeah, forth? And I have a huge head. My mask rides up to my eye level constantly, no matter what I do crimping around my nose. If I move in a weird way, I'm pulling it down from my eyes. Yeah, and then also some kids are going to be wearing the, um, the shields instead of the cages on the front of their helmet. So uh, people are worried that, you know, either that or if you're wearing glasses or goggles that you could get fogged up. So I'm a little confused. We're putting masks on, but then allowing body checking. Is that because they wanted body checking if the masks were there or the masks were a side thing on this? Well, basically the mass hockey came out with a whole new list of guidelines and these were included in there. So they must have somehow decided that body checking is not a risky thing to do at this point. Got it. So we're not going to wind up with four guys in the scrum in the corner. They blow the whistle to stop it and start center again. They didn't say, well, I didn't notice anything specific about the idea of, uh, you know, battles along the boards being whistled dead. So we'll have to see how that goes. There's nothing specific. But certainly you can imagine if you got kids, you have kids wearing a mask. So uh, breathing and sight might be impaired. Uh, haven't played for two weeks and then reintroducing body checking. I hope that everybody stays safe out there. Had this conversation in our last discussion about the way the hockey had changed. And I said, you have hardcore hockey coaches talking about no checking and you have, you know, soccer, I mean, uh, hockey moms and dads saying, well, no checking is fine by me. And so they don't have it for a while and they get used to that. It's going to be an adjustment period. Yeah, definitely. Um, so far, everybody seems to be you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. But as I walked up to do my QR code, this other dad and his kid walked up and they, they took the, they looked at the uh, QR code sign and like, what, this is bullshit, right out of the gate before they did anything, before they even walked in the building. And how did they, how did it resolve itself? Do you know how it resolved itself? 
no, they started doing it and everything. And we started small talking about like how to do it. Cause you know, you got to open your camera or you got to open an app or whatever to, to do the QR code. And then that pops up the contact tracing form. So one of the things I wonder is whether or not that contact tracing form will be the same at every rank. I should have told our listeners that this is pre-game. Bob has dropped his son. His son is in getting a little ice time. Now the game starts in about a half an hour. Well, uh, technically the coach said be there about 45 minutes early in case this took longer. But uh, what I see now is uh, my kid's team is all kind of huddled around one of the, one of the tailgates and they're going to need to get mostly dressed out in the parking lot and then go inside about 10 minutes before the game starts. What we do for hockey, huh? And that includes the goalies this time. So, which, you know, not to spoiler alert, your son is one of those. Yeah. We've mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) All right. So here's what we're going to do. This again, live stuff we're doing when you all hear this, it's not going to be live, but we're doing it live. So, you know, we're not going to edit anything. We're just going to put it together. So Bob is going to go in and experience some of the game. And at some point he's going to reach out to me. And we're going to talk while he's in the game. And then after the fact, we're going to dissect. Yeah, was it any different than anything else? That's right, Matt. All right, Bob, go in there. I mean, I'm sorry. You've got another 20 minutes or so. <laughs> we can talk about some other <laughs> stuff for a minute if you want. <laughs> stories first we're gonna go live down to kingston to the bog bob is down there bob how's it going down there game time in-game conversations with bob we are i'm paying more attention to the game than i am to you but uh we're midway through the second period and uh my kid is my kid's team is down two to one other team just scored a goal about a minute ago is your kid in the goal he is yes he's giving up two goals he's giving up two goals Although I think uh, two two to one is about right because I think the other team has had the better of the play overall, but it's a good game. Good game. Is the gameplay being affected by any of the recent new rule changes from mass hysteria? I have two things that are of note so far. Oh, oh they just scored again. Oh, they scored again. Oh it, man, it was uh, Bardowski. Just to recap that, ladies and gentlemen, down at the Bog in Kingston. Uh, Bob's son's team is losing three to one, and Bob's son is in the goal and just gave up the third goal. Ouch! Bardowski is a very good shot from about eight feet right in front of the net. Kid uh, hit it off of two posts, the crossbar and the, and the post. So three to one. So what were anyway. those things you noticed about the gameplay, Bob? <laughs> What's different? Oh, now we just got one back. It's three to two. It's, it's going crazy ever since you guys got on the on the call here. Three to two. We must be bringing some luck to the goal scoring. Three to two. All right. So point number one is that the 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 physical play and the body checking is definitely making the games look different. There seems to be um, they're pretty gratuitous with with the body checking right now. A lot of a lot of bad hits that aren't being called and so forth. So that definitely looks a lot different. You think that the kids are taking advantage of that being back and getting a little bit angst out of being locked up and not being able to play that way? Well, about the first 10 minutes of the game, there was barely any physical play, and then it picked up, and I think they sort of got into the spirit of it. The uh, level of intensity went up. And, you know, they're just, I think the timing is off on some of the plays, you know, a lot of late hits, 
uh, hits that are kind of to the back that they probably didn't intend to to do, but they got there late or whatever. So it, it sportsmanship's good. It's just a little bit of sloppy hitting. Bob, you can't tell because you're in the game action, but our audience can hear the puck hitting the boards and the slap shots. It's actually kind of interesting and fun to listen to you reporting live rinkside. That's right. Second point is that as far as the masks go, uh, I'd say about half of the kids have masks properly in place. And the other half either have them uh, you know, with the nose uh, not covered or all the way down. Or in the, and there seem to be a couple of kids that don't even have them or they have those um, neck collar things you can pull over your face, not pulled up over the face. So they're kind of maybe sticking to the mask on your face thing. But I mean, I, I kind of understand that the nose is sticking out. Don't you really need to breathe when you're going up and down the ice like that? Well, my impression was that they were going to be tight with the rules and they are not being tight with the mask rule at all. So I'm going to give the league about a B. I'm also going to give the teams about a B for not, you know, making sure the kids are wearing the masks. Right. And I'm going to give the arena, I think, an A- minus right now. They had the QR code thing all set up. All the fans are wearing their masks, and they're perfectly socially distanced. Um, Is there anybody good. walking around kind of policing that to make sure the masks are on? Is there anybody going around like the mask police? No, it's pretty much the honor code, the QR code. They did not have anybody out there. There's nobody walking around in here. I mean, they don't have employees to do that. I did see one cop here, but I think he might have been a dad. But he brought the cruiser to the game. So, uh, but it, it doesn't look like he's here in an official capacity. Bob reporting live at the Bog in Kingston, Massachusetts, updating us on the current mass hockey situation as youth hockey commences oh. this weekend. Bob, we'll check in with you again after the game for any feedback you might have to add. But uh, thanks for being our on-ice correspondent today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. And I'm looking forward to getting back to this game. Good game. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna put this in there, Matt, but like I'm a little sore at Coach Schaefer of the Cornell Big Red. Okay. What do you mean we're not gonna put it in there? You're gonna dog the Big Red, it's going in there. How much do we blow smoke up his pant like? Week to week. Yeah. Right, every episode. Yeah. I write him a very proper email, about this long. Using his Cornell et, uh, English literature degree. 10 cent words in there. I'm a contemporary of his. He was on campus when I was on campus. Class of what, Bob? Class of a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I am one year uh, younger than Coach Schaefer. Contemporary, indeed. Yeah. If you know Coach Schaefer out there, give him a nudge. Say, why aren't you writing back to Ring Stories? Ring Stories is talking about you guys all the time. 25 episodes, 23 mentions. Something like that. Yeah, there's one or two episodes where we didn't get, go into it, the whole thing about the big man. I think we talked about, though, that the last time, though, in that I cannot say go big red because if they don't drive our product, I just, I'm not going to say they're dead to me, but I just, I, I find it difficult to root for somebody who doesn't use our product. So I didn't want to speak until he was done because that sound bite is going to be in the next 17 or 18 episodes on the road, just so you know, Doug. <laughs> That's why you're off the Bruins bandwagon, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't root for them. Oh, my goodness. As long as they're piling on Cornell. Let me just add a couple more things. All right. Well, you want to wait, wait, hold on, Bob. Let's just take a moment, okay? 
do we want to pile on or do we still want to get Coach Shaver? you got to make that call right now. I just had a couple of other factual things that I want to point out. First one is that Kara Mori, the head coach of the Princeton women's team, declared Lina as the biggest shithole rank. And secondly, you know the Cornell alma mater tune? I do. Okay, so my kid goes to this school, Catholic school, and they have an opening of the semester service or mass or whatever, and we're all watching on Zoom as a family, and they said, okay, before we adjourn, kids, let's all sing the ex-school song. And the ex-school song is the same tune as Far Above KU's Waters. The same exact tune. And then um, my wife goes, uh, wait a minute. I know that tune. I'm like, yes, it's the Cornell Big Red alma mater. And she's like, that's not where she knows. No, it no, from. no. It's also the tune for the alma mater of Altoona Regional High School in Altoona, Pennsylvania. So that tune's all over the place. I thought you were going to say, no, I've heard that in the Ring Stories episode. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there's there's only so many of these uh, hymn-like uh, alma mater tunes to go around. Yeah, pretty much. So you're not so special, Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> black licorice. Uh-oh, black licorice. The report said the man, an unidentified 54-year-old from Massachusetts, had consumed one to two large bags of black licorice a day for three weeks. What? That could have been me, the 54-year-old from Massachusetts. I was thinking, are we talking about Bob? (laughs) Is this like undercover Bob? That habit caused his potassium levels to drop precipitously, prompting a cardiac arrest. He never regained consciousness after his collapse. Black licorice? And died about 24 hours after he arrived uh, at Mass man, General Hospital. Always pick the red licorice, dude. Always. The lesson, as always, everything in moderation, including moderation. It was a switch from red to black licorice three weeks before his death that the doctors said proved fatal. We're going to go back to Bob leaving the bog in Kingston, Massachusetts. Hey, Bob. Hey, Matt. Let's just remind our listeners, Bob is leaving the first youth hockey game after mass hysteria. Bob, any protests, any incidents, any kind of craziness since we spoke at halftime? No, nothing Nothing really new in terms of uh, everybody was everybody was cool. Everybody enjoyed the game, I think. Uh... So when we left you at halftime, you were losing 3-2. We talked to you during the game. <laughs> Midway through the second period, which if we had a halftime, it would have been around then. Yep. Right. About halfway through the game, halftime-ish. What, the, <laughs> what was the final score? Final score was four to four. Huh. So did uh, did your son play the whole game? Yep, yep. He was the only goalie there for us. Uh, same thing on the other side, too. So uh, against that team, was uh, was that a good showing by your son, or was he a little rusty? Uh, no, he looked, he looked fine. Um, everybody looked good. I think everybody's excited to be out there. I think four, four was fair because our, our team had the better of the play in the third period, scored two goals in the middle of the third period. And then uh, to actually take the lead. And then the other team scored the equalizer on a two on one break with a rebound, um, with 30 seconds, 36 seconds left in the game. So Bob, every time I talk to you, some kind of heartbreak late in the game. 
Yeah, I don't know what happened. So it, the team broke it out the other way. They had a two-on-one, and the goalie was actually headed. The other goalie was headed to the bench to for the extra skater. And the kid came down, made a nice pass to the other kid on the two-on-one. He shot it. My kid made a good save, but gave up a juicy rebound. And then the other team cleaned that up, and that was it. That was the last goal. Perfect. So no uh, no ramifications of the QR codes. There weren't people outside with signs protesting. No QR codes for us or anything like that? No, no, nothing about that. Uh, I did notice as the game wore on that fewer and fewer kids had their masks in place. There were times where zero masks were in place on the ice. And then occasionally a kid would come out that was a uh, goody two shoes or whatever that would be, have the mask over his mouth and nose. That's because his mom was in the audience. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so so that did not really work out, the, the mask enforcement. I don't know if uh, the mass hockey is going to take a look at that or get reports back of this nature, but that's what happened. At this one game, at this one place. We really appreciate the on-ice reporting. Nobody else is giving you up-to-minute updates on day one of mass hockey being back in full swing. Only here at Ring Stories do we have That's right. the kind of love for the game where we're out there doing that. So we really appreciate you hanging in there with us, Bob, and checking in a couple of times today. Um, we're going to let you go and drive safely unless you have something One point happen. of order. I wasn't actually on the ice, but I was at the rink. Did I say on ice? On ice reporter? Yeah. I did. Dude, you're yeah. an on ice reporter. Yeah. I was more like a more like an ice side reporter. You were a um, you were you were a, a Kirsten Crow of the yeah. Minnesota Wild, our ice side reporter. That's basically yes. All right, man. Let me get out of here. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Ring Stories podcast. From Matt Hoff, producing on Beverly Hills, California, this is Bob Winter saying, have fun, stay safe, ring stories.